Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. This land is my land, this land is your land, from California to the New York Island, from the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters, this land was made for you and me. Doom. I forgot I did that. Whoa. Uh, yeah, it's going down. Uh, it <laughs> is going down did, today. Did all kids still sing that in elementary school in the States? Like, I, we grew up singing that like every year. Every year? I remember we singing like a, that. We did like Ain't No Mountain Too High yeah. Enough because they were like, mountains are high. This is educational. We sang songs for a lot of reasons. <laughs> anyway, hello. Welcome. How's it going? You're watching slash listening to the Command Zone podcast, and it's a fun one. We're talking about the brand new Commander product. Yes, yeah, so the second time this year. <laughs> yeah, so we revealed the uh, the Demir Rogue Tribal deck, and now we're gonna do our sort of traditional budget quick upgrade guides for both of these decks. This is gonna be the Nia Landfall deck. What's it called? It's called Lands Wrath. Lands I think. Wrath. Lands Wrath. So these decks are different than the Commander Precons we've seen in the past, right? Yeah, and the boxes you can tell they already do look different. These are actually tied to the set specifically. And they're not uh, heavy on brand new cards. They're actually all about focusing on giving you sort of like an easy open the box, get in there, only three new cards, but it's a commander experience. And it, it appears based on these two cards here that they're really based around uh, mechanics. So in this case, the landfall deck is all about landfall. Mm-hmm. And Zendikar Rising is also all about landfall because that is what Zendikar is about. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so it obviously fits pretty well within the theme of the set. And then there are going to be some cards that it seems that also share a spot in the main set that are here. But these are meant to be like really easy entry ways into Commander that uh, have hopefully some good reprints, as well as just an easy way to pick up a deck and play and you know have a decent decent. They've done a good job designing the decks recently. I'll say that much. So you're not going to pick up a dud. Yeah, and well, there's only two. Yeah. Um, but we're going to give you the ten cards we think you should put in. The ten cards you think we think you should take out with around a twenty-five dollar total budget, so that you can quickly get these decks up to speed and ready to play yeah. with uh, your quote-unquote normal decks. Because I, I do think just like all pre-cons, these aren't out of the box going to really be able to tussle with the you know the sevens and the eights yeah. out there. But we're hoping we can get this pretty quickly and cheaply up to uh, close enough to that level where you can at least play it. So first of all, though, before we get into that upgrade, we need to talk about our sponsors. If you want to order either of these decks, you oh, can yeah. pre-order right now. You can pre-order all of the Zendikar Rising, the main set, booster boxes, bundles, collectors, boosters. Also, all the singles, or at least most of the singles are available for pre-order right now. Go to cardkingdom.com slash zone. That's the best place to pick up all of your magic cards, your magic product, uh, anything at all you need to play the game. Because... First of all, Card Kingdom has great customer service. Yeah. They have super fast shipping. Also, they are a sponsor of this show. So by buying your stuff there, you are supporting our content. Yep. And you can also support our content by getting Ultra Pro product. You can get some of that on Card Kingdom. But you can also pick it up from your big box retailers, from your LGSs. I know all of them need our support these days. And not to mention, you're going to buy some awesome foils, some brand new cards to put in decks. You want to sleeve them up. You want to put them in a way that's going to make it easy to shuffle, fun to play, and also keep your cards safe. 
Josh and I have been trusting Ultra Pro for five plus years now. Me, I have top loaders going all the way back to yeah, when I, was when I first had a Badlands when I was a kid. And Mine I, are from baseball cards. Oh, That's my gosh. Old. Yeah, Ultra And they Pro's still hold forever. up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Ultra Pro, obviously, they've been in the game for the longest. They know how to make great product. And by buying their product, you're also supporting our show. So yeah, look at that. Win-win. You might open up one of those new expeditions in a pack. Oh, yeah. Uh, those are going to be quite valuable. You don't want them to get damaged in any way. So put it right into one of those new uh, Ultra Pro Pro Gloss Eclipse sleeves. That'll keep it safe for sure. And make it look great. And the final way to support all of our content is directly if you go to patreon.com slash command zone. Patrons get a bunch of perks, including being able to talk with Jimmy and I each and every day on our Discord, get deck advice from our... We have a, a whole host of veteran players on the Discord. Yeah. So tons of advice, not just from Jimmy and I, but from a lot of really, really... Um, experienced EDH players and a lot of content creators hang out in there too like uh, Kyle Hill's in there all mm-hmm. the time we have a DJ in there yeah we also a lot have of our, our crew a crew yeah yeah Ashlyn's exciting. in there all the time and Murph and Jake and everybody so Craig just joined yeah yep uh, if you go to patreon.com slash command zone again that's the place to sign up and also another perk is we shout out one lucky patron every single episode this episode is dedicated to Simon Wellstead Simon you rock uh, one last thing real quickly we are still doing the Kickstarter for our Game Nights-themed playmat. Epic the play. The epic play playmat with art by world-renowned artist uh, Jesper Icing. In fact, we have a cool animation of that playmat. Let's play that animation now. Roar! Roar! Yeah! <laughs> so this, great. Yeah, this is supposed to capture the feeling you have when you're crushing your opponents. It is a very limited time. The Kickstarter, uh, the the clock is running down on that. So make sure that you look in the show notes, click the link, go lock in your order uh, because it's going to be over before you know it. Yep. And then after it's over, you can't get it anymore. We get so many messages today being like, hey, can I get this or that? And we're like, sorry, the the whole exclusive limited print thing was, <laughs> well, for us, because it's really hard to store extra product, but also just, you know, to, when you get it, you get it. <laughs> All right. Let's go to the main topic here. The Naya Landfall, Land's Wrath budget upgrade guide again the rules are 10 cards in 10 cards out total budget of 25 dollars. we're going to leave the mana base as is if you have shocks and fetches and of course put yeah. those in we're just talking about in. too much um first let's go through some of the new cards in the deck because we haven't actually talked about this deck at all yet yeah uh and the commander the lead singer of the deck is a brand new card it's called obun moldaya ancestor and the mana cost is one red, green, white, so that's Naya. It's a 3-3 legendary creature elf spirit, and it says, at the beginning of combat on your turn, up to one target land you control becomes an XX elemental creature with trample and haste until end of turn, where X is Obun's power. It's still a land. And Obun has a landfall, which says, whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature. So you can obviously target Obun himself, and then once you go to combat, he gets bigger. The land you create becomes a bigger 4-4, 3-3, whatever it is, elemental creature with trample and haste, and it's still a land. Yeah, so Obun starts as a 3-3, which means that the turn you play Obun, I guess probably all your lands are tapped, though, right? Right, if it's turn It doesn't four, untap right. the land, yeah, so... Uh, I guess if it's turn five, when you play him, you could immediately make the land into a 3-3. Uh, yeah, I guess in that case, you would probably play Obun, then play the land, put the 1-1 counter on to Obun, Obun and then make, make the land four, a 4-4. Four, four, four. Yeah. So yeah, the lines are going to be interesting as far as the order that you play stuff. You could also play a land after combat to put the 1-1 counter on your land that's still a creature, right? Oh, that's right, yeah. And then it will go back to being a land, but have that 1-1 counter for next time. That's mm-hmm. a possible thing. Mm-hmm. I think you probably put the 1-1 counter on Obun. It's pretty interesting. It's, you know, we talked about how um, there are basically two ty- types of decks that in the last couple of years have gotten a ton of support. One is wheel decks yep there are tons of wheel decks out there so many and the other is land lands matter decks there just seems to be these all over the place um but this one is interesting because as white usually we haven't seen a a, a naya it's it's always red and green almost and then there's like, sometimes oh, yeah. another cur- cu- color it's often black um it has white and also this one is sort of going in a slightly different direction in that the payoff is sort of creature combat stuff yeah and it seems i mean this is obviously not like the most intense and mechanically insane commander ever right. but it's very easy to understand and at the end of the day like if you're making a bunch of four fours if you have multiple landfall triggers you're gonna be able to swing in a lot make creatures really big and as we've seen with these land matters decks they just have value all over the place because yeah. now you have an x ex- it's basically every time you play a land it becomes a spell so you get one free spell a turn. 
which is interesting. Turning your lands into creatures seems like it'll be fun. Now, normally there's multiple, uh, for pre-cons, I should say, yeah. normally, there's like multiple legendary creatures and we kind of debate which one you should use as the commander. But this is not the case for this one. There is one, and it is literally the only legendary creature that comes in the deck that has the Naya colors in it. So if you oh, want funny. to play this deck, you will run Obun. Obun or Obuun? Obuun. <laughs> so if it was Hawaiian, it would be Obuun. Um you will run you have to, yeah. as the commander because there's no other choices here that yeah. come with the deck. So there's two other new cards, though, we'll have to talk about first here. Uh, one is Trove Warden. It's two white-white for a 3-4 cap beast with vigilance. Has landfall. Whenever land enters the battlefield under your control, exile target permanent card with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard. Hmm. And then when Trove Warden dies, put each permanent card exiled with it onto the battlefield under... The control of that owner that card's owner it's presumably you so you're going to exile exile three cmc or less cards from your graveyard as you hit landfall triggers and then eventually trove warden will die maybe you'll sack it or whatever and all that stuff that got exiled will come onto the battlefield whoa this is very cool it's got very sun titan ideas behind it uh, white seems to love the three cmc or less cards in the graveyard yeah that's, and that, they're playing with that more and more mm -hmm. and permanence too so it could be lands like fetch lands right so this could be a way when Trove Warden dies to maybe get three or four fetch lands into play. I mean, at the end of the day, if you don't get rid of Trove Warden, then this is a landfall matters deck. You've got fetch lands you're using on the battlefield. You're playing extra lands every turn. You could get a ton of value out of this card. Actually, the landfall trigger puts the fetch land into exile with Trove Warden by itself, right? Because right. fetch land comes in, you hit landfall, you, you exile something. Then you sack the, the fetch land. It goes to your graveyard. Finds yeah, a land, puts it into in. play, and then you go, the fetch land that I just sacked, I'm going to exile that. Wow. As long as Trove Warren doesn't get exiled, so you'll want to have some sort of sack yeah, outlet. Or blinked or, or something. Blinked. Or bounced. Because <laughs> it does not say leave the battlefield. It says yeah, when, when it, it dies. dies. So, so that's actually a really good point. The graveyard. That's dangerous. Well, at the very least, you're not but, losing anything you yeah, wouldn't get Yeah, that's true. It's like, well, right? those fetch lands were going to sit in my graveyard otherwise. Yeah. So. But that's really cool. I think that's a great way for landfall, which now we see is something that each color can have, and this gives white card advantage which is exciting. Okay, I want you to do something on the next card. Okay. Is just don't read the CMC. Yet. Oh, gosh, okay. I was going to say the CMC is the one thing that I'm... Yeah, don't read the CMC okay. yet. This is Geode Ranger. It's a creature elemental. I won't read the power and toughness as well. We'll have the editors cover the CMC for now. Okay. Uh, it has first strike, and it says landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, goad each creature target player controls and goading means until your next turn those creatures attack each combat if able and attack a player other than you if able so it's a three it's a four three with first strike yeah. trove warden's a three four with vigilance and then the the landfall trigger on this is goad each creature target player controls yeah trove warden had it's cool recurring we know trove warden was four cmc what do you think if you didn't know the cmc <laughs> of geode rager would be i was i was i'd be like Four. Right? It seems... Match, matches Trove Warden. Uh, if you didn't see the CMC cost, which would you think was a, just a better card? Oh, Trove Warden. I right. And so somehow, let's reveal the CMC for Geode Rager. It's six. Ugh. Four red red. Why the heck is this card higher CMC than the Trove Warden, which is... Trove Warden's clearly a better card <laughs> and is cheaper. CMC. Yeah. It's, that's interesting to me. I mean, red obviously is classically just overpowered and the best color in the <laughs> format. So they, they were like, we can't throw red such a quick bone, you know? Yeah, I want to be clear. I don't think Trove Warden should cost more because right. white, you know, historically has added a lot of, like, needs yeah, help. And problems. I think this is a good card and a really cool card. I think Trove Warden sits at a good spot. But Geode Ranger, I think I would be really excited about it if it was four CMC. It's actually unplayable, I think, in a lot of yes. cases at six. Because by that point, ugh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a cool ability, and I like Goad a lot. Yeah. And I wish there was more Goad cards. Why the heck is this six CMC? I mean, it's, it looks, looks really big. disappointing. Maybe yeah. that's why, because the literal size of the creature. But it's a 4-3 versus a 3-4, <laughs> and Trove Warden's 4 CMC, so we know that those stats can live on something that costs 4 mana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's very similarly templated, too, right? It's got the keyword ability in First Strike on Geo Ranger, and Trove Warden's got Vigilance. I just, and Trove Warden is just literally much stronger, but yeah. Yeah, I'm curious of the choice internally that made them look at that and go, well, that should be 6 CMC, but this other one's cool at 4. Do you think it sits fine at 5? 
I still I think that's still too much. If it's four, I think it's playable. Yeah, yeah. Because Goad's actually not as powerful or even close as to what Trove Warden's doing. So right. I don't think you need to like overcorrect by like making it cost more mana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Anyway, those are the new cards. They're both still good in the deck, obviously, because they have landfall payoffs, and this deck's going to be all about putting lands into play. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the contents of the deck here really quick. Uh, overall, there are the three new cards which we just read. There are twenty-one basic lands. And 76 reprints. So we can see uh, we did the stats for the Demir Rogue Tribal deck um, when we revealed it. Mm-hmm. It had a lot more basic lands. It had 30. Yeah. So this has more reprints because uh, some lands are reprinted, obviously. It's three colors, so that makes sense. Less basic lands. And the lands itself are kind of important spells in this deck as well, so that makes sense too. Uh, so let's talk about a big question with all of these um, always is the deck value. So I want to note that we're going to talk about the... Overall prices of the cards here, there are two things. One is the value we're going to talk about overall for the deck only takes into account the value of the reprints, not the new cards, because we don't know those prices yet. Uh, And the prices are all calculated prior to the decks being revealed, because we have to record these videos ahead of time, which is fine because we kind of get a baseline for what the cards were worth Mm -hmm. before people find out they're reprinted and the prices drop. Uh, and also, in this deck, there is one card that's technically a reprint. Because it's from Zendikar Rising. Yeah, but we don't know the price of that card either, so that's not part of this calculation. Right. That card is called Marasa Root Gazer. We won't read it here. Who gazes at roots? It's somebody's preview card, so we'll let them preview it. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the top reprints. Everybody wants to know, like, what are the big, expensive, hopefully, cards that are being reprinted? And there are a couple in this one, just like there were in the Demir Rogue deck. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, the first is Omnath Locus of Rage, and and there's a brand new Omnath coming in Zendikar Rising as well. So it's fitting that this one is here. The um, new Omnath is four color? Yeah, it's four color. So it can't go in cool. this deck. Everything yeah. but black. Um, uh, this is a three red, red, green, green, five, five. It also has a landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under control, you create a five, five red and green elemental creature token. And then whenever Omnath or another elemental you control dies, by the way, you make elemental lands with Obun in the deck. There's kind of an elemental sub theme in this deck. Yep, so Omnath does three damage to any target. So this can be like a little pew-pew cannon at people if you are able to sack elementals or just have them die some other way. Also, you can get into games where like you've got enough tokens where normally you'd be scared of a board wipe, but if they do that, you just you kill just them. You just die, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Omnath was $13 wow. before this reprint was it's announced. popular commander, so. Yeah, very powerful. And goes in all those landfall decks, and we know everybody has one, so. Yep. Uh, the next card, the next sort of highest value reprint is Admonition Angel. Three, white, white, white. So six mana for a 6-6 six, six flying angel. Landfall. Um, when a land enters the battlefield under your control, you may exile target non-land permanent other than Admonition Angel. And then when the angel leaves the battlefield, you return all cards exiled with it to the battlefield under their owner's control. Oh. So it's landfall kind of banisher priest something, right? Yeah, get rid of stuff until it leaves the battlefield. You can also do it to yourself. Uh, if you want cards that have entered the battlefield abilities. So. Or sort of protect it, like, yeah. oh, well, if you get rid of this thing, then this thing's going to come back. But it's target non-land permanent, so if, again, if you have fetch lands, can play multiple lands a turn, you can play an Admonition Angel, crack a bunch of fetch lands, and then, boom, all of a sudden, your opponents just have nothing left on board. Yeah, really swing the board. That's cool. Yep. Uh, the next one is, oh, Admonition Angel, by the way, sat around $12. And the next one is a card that will get reprinted, I think, now is the trend in every single Commander product ever. It's Arcane Signet. It's going to be Signet. like this and Sol Ring? Yeah, this and Sol Ring for sure. The one in two spots. Sorry, Arcane Signet. Arcane Signet. Two mana, add one mana of any color in your Commander's. Color Identity, obviously great in a three-color deck. Great in pretty much any deck because it's a two-mana ramp card that is guaranteed to add a color that you need. Uh, this was sitting at six bucks, and it's one of those cards that just kind of fluctuates like Sol Ring every single time that's out of print. It goes up, it gets in print, goes down. It's going to be interesting because now we're getting more Commander pre-cons every year that means more reprints for soul ring and yeah. arcane signet like before yeah it would come in the commander product but that was f- you know four or five decks a year if we're looking at 10 decks a year yeah maybe they, we can actually keep the price down on those cards which would be good yeah all right um and the next top reprint which is the last and we should say we're categorizing top reprint in the deck as any card that was five dollars or more yep so this is the last one uh for this deck it's multani yavamai's of uh, avatar four green green for a zero zero what elemental <laughs> avatar classic has, green card yeah has reach and trample but says 
Multani gets plus one, plus one for each land you control and each land card in your graveyard. Hey. And then you can pay one in a green and return two lands you control to their owner's hand. It means bounce them from play to your hand. Mm-hmm. And you return Multani from your graveyard to your hand. So Multani can kind of be recurrable at a pretty steep price. Yeah. More importantly, though, you can get extra landfall triggers. Let's say you have like yes. a bounce land or something. Those are really great for putting on the battlefield, getting a land back into your hand. So Multani can kind of get you into these little things. Especially- yeah, you're like, I have no land in my hand, but I have an Admonition Angel out and I'd like to exile something. Right. Okay, bounce the lands and then play one. And Multani too, notably, if you can find a way to discard it too, you can just use that one in the green ability to just have, you know, cost two man to bounce two lands to your hand. Okay, the the next category is going to be the, you know, more notable reprints. These are the ones that are $2 or more. Yep. We're not going to read every card in the deck, obviously, so we're just going through the top reprints. Uh, Soul Ring, 450 I won't even read it. Oh, we didn't say. Multani was about $5. Um, Soul Ring, 450 you know what Sol Ring does. The next one is Rites of Flourishing, two and a green for an enchantment. Yeah, at the beginning of each player's draw step, that player draws an additional card, and at the beginning, and each player may play an additional land on each of their turns. So this is symmetrical effects for everybody. That was about four dollars. But you're going to abuse that extra land much more than everyone else, ideally. Uh, the next is Mina and Den Wildborn, which is a two red green four four that says you can play an additional land on each of your turns, and you can also play pay red green to return a land you control to its owner's hand and give something uh, trample. Give something trample. Yeah, that was sitting around three bucks, and this is just a classic. I, you know, I, I played some. Yeah, decks, I right? played the landfall deck this year, and boom, Mina and Den number one entry. Yeah, it's a gimme. Uh, the next one is a card that I think both yes. of us are playing more and more. It's fantastic. It's Return of the Wild Speaker, four and a green for an instant. Says choose one, draw cards equal to the great power among non-human creatures you control. Remember, Obun will make elementals, mm-hmm. so that's a non-human creature. Also, Obun's an elf spirit. And then the other choice is non-human creatures you control get plus three, plus three until end of turn. Also, Obun's creatures, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a reason I really like this card is because the modes are so different. So in a state where I don't have a big board state, mm-hmm. then usually I would like to draw cards in that instance. But when I do have a big board state, I don't want to draw cards. I want to start winning the game, and that's the point where I say, okay, pump the team swing. Yeah, and it's power and toughness for plus three, plus three, so it's pretty good. Not to mention instant. Yeah, that Fantastic. was about 275. Uh, thank goodness he reprinted that. Uh, Kodama's Reach is next up, two in a green, and it's a sorcery with Arcane. Doesn't ever matter, really. And you can basically search your library for up to two basic cards, reveal those cards, put one on the battlefield tapped, and the other into your hand. And that actually was Classic climbing Classic land up. ramp with Cultivate, the same card. Basically. Yeah, it's climbing, climbing up to 250, which is which is good. Again, these are just cards that you'll see in lots and lots of decks. It's crazy how it was 250, but it's pl- it's like pretty commonly reprinted. Yeah. It shows how many decks Kodama's Reach and Cultivate go into. Mm-hmm. The next one is Abundance. It was about $2 before the reprint was announced. Enchantment. If you, draw, if you would draw a card, you may instead choose land or non-land and reveal cards from the top of your library until you re- reveal a card of the chosen kind. But that card into your hand and put all the other cards revealed this way on the bottom of your library in any order so abundance allows you to be like either i've got a lot of lands in hand i mm-hmm. definitely don't want to draw land say non-land and then you won't draw land or boy i need to hit my land drop i don't have any lands in hand or i got cool landfall stuff going yeah. on i'm gonna call land and then i have to draw land yeah really interesting card um especially if you can start drawing multiple cards a turn then yeah. you can be like i want to land a creature and you know it's fun. Uh, and that was about two bucks. And same as this next card, Myria Angel. Two white, white for a creature. Angel with landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you create a 1-1 one, one white bird creature token with flying. Landfall, make a 1-1 one, one flyer. Pretty good. Really good. That, this can be a game ender as well, especially combined with um, Return of the Wild Speaker. Yeah, and some and a couple of fetch lands, and yeah. you can get five or six 1-1 one, one flyers really fast. Yeah. So if looking at the reprints here, uh, the, the cards that were $5 and over, there are only five of them. Uh, there are cards $2 and over with their 14 that includes like $5 cards and over by the way and so the total reprint value comes out to $85.90 again we're not factoring in how much the new cards cost as well as that one card from Zenicar Rising we see this is quite a bit lower than the Demir Rogue Tribal deck which is like 106 yeah uh, so there's a, a big discrepancy there in reprint value. If we compare this to the pre-cons from C20 from Ikoria this year, those averaged out to about $97.48 mm-hmm. for the reprint value. And again, all of those decks had 20 new cards in them. Yep. And a lot of those cards like Fierce Guardianship rocketed up in price. So it's pretty interesting. I think this is actually maybe the lowest reprint value we've ever seen in a pre-con. Not to mention... Yeah, this, we usually don't go into the 80s at all. This number is going to dip straight down once all these cards are reprinted because that's how it goes 
We should say, though, that one thing that has been implied by Wizards, not stated expressly, and right. again, they don't have M- MSRP anymore to sort of tell us these things, but sort of imp- there's been a lot of implications that these decks are going to be quite a bit cheaper than uh, our traditional pre-cons, which mm-hmm. have gone up into the like the $40 range recently, and they compare these more to like Planeswalker decks, so I'm, we're hoping they'll be in the $20 range, maybe $25. That, that would be That's fantastic. just a guess on our part. Don't know for sure, but that... There's been hints to that effect, basically. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about our favorite category. Stats. Stats. All right, the stats of the deck. Uh, you want to run down the, yeah. the essentials here? So card draw, there are eight card draw spells. However, looking through the deck, some of them are a, a bit conditional. Actually, three to four of them are kind of iffy. They're not necessarily just straight. Like, draw some cards. Yeah, some of them require you to meet a condition, which is yeah. it's tough, but... But there's still about eight cards that could draw you cards. Ramp, however, there are 17 ways to ramp because there are 15 put extra lands in the play cards and then two mana rocks. Soul Ring, Arcane Signet. Yep. Uh, that's actually pretty exciting. And then you wrote down here, not sure how to count rights of flourishing, which is a good point because... Because is that a card draw spell and a ramp spell? <laughs> yeah. And it's a symmetrical effect. And when you play it, you're down a card immediately. Not to mention, this is something that obviously actively benefits your opponents. I didn't count it in either category. But if you counted it, then there would be nine card draw spells and 18 ramp spells. I think counts more towards ramp just because your deck has so many put extra cards lands in the play effects that mm-hmm. that's sort of like the more important part of it um board wipes there are only two but notably they'd say destroy all non-land creatures or permanents so that means your landfall creatures can escape yeah. uh, which when is you're turning exciting. your lands into creatures destroying all non-land creatures is pretty good right yeah 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 because those by the way it always says it's still a land on obun when it turns it into a creature yep uh nine ways of targeted removal Pretty high. That's pretty high. Uh, And then this is the big synergy of the deck, which is landfall or land payoffs. And there are 21 of them. And, of course, Obun himself is a landfall payoff. There are 37 uh, lands, which is right around the normal. I would actually expect landfall decks to have a little bit more. If you look at, like, Gitrog decks and Mm. all those, those land counts are actually usually a bit higher. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There are six lands at fetch, which is impressive, considering that there are no fetch lands, actually, like, the fetch lands in this deck. Originally, this category was called fetch land, and I'm like, well, that's just confusing because people think of, like, traditionally, yeah, yeah. like, Polluted Delta and stuff as fetch lands. So these are lands that fetch, like, Evolving Wilds, Terramorphic Expanse, that kind of stuff. Uh, and then cards that get or give plus one, plus one counters. And Obun is one of these as well as it's one of the synergies on him. There are 10 of those, which seems a little bit high because it doesn't seem like the most powerful effect in the deck. Seven token creators and one mass pump spell. So the oh, end... And don't forget there are nine plus one, plus one counter payoffs. Oh, right, right, right. So yeah, so there, there are the, the sub-theme here outside of Landfall is you give or get plus and plus encounters, and then there are some plus and plus encounter payoffs, which is nine. So that's actually a, a decent chunk of the deck there. Yeah, and the token creators, a lot of them are just tied to landfall because there's not really a lot of ways to take advantage of making a bunch of tokens because yeah. there's only one card, Return of the Wild Speaker, that can pump your tokens. And you're probably going to be drawing cards a lot yeah. of time with that. Um, right. Yeah, so the takeaways here, I think you nailed it. The land count seems a little low overall. Normally we see... 40 or more lands in the these lands matter decks they just are so important yeah. to making the deck function r- at a high level uh, we would want more fetch lands or lands that fetch obviously we're in the 25 dollars budget range here when we're going to talk about the upgrades so mm-hmm. we can't like say put in polluted delta but there, goes there are budget. other lands that you know there's slow fetches and things like that we'll talk about that a little later um plus one plus one counters that those stats there seem skewed to me. There were about 10 cards that give or get yeah. counters and nine payoffs. That's a lot of payoffs for the gives. Yeah, exactly, gets, right? Yeah. I, it seems to me you might too often draw a payoff card and not have enough plus one, plus one counters. Mm-hmm. So it, that that is something I think we want to fix. And then um, lots of token creators, but not much to do with the tokens. So that's kind of a worry. That seems like a, a little bit of a road to nowhere in the deck design. Yeah, and... Uh, I think, like, in general, when you start splitting into three sub-themes, you're yeah. just going way too far. Yeah. And it's so, going to feel unfocused. Totally agree. So, one of our goals, I think, is going to be to sort of make choices, focus in on what we really think the deck wants to do, and kind of get rid of that extra, yeah. Tune it that up. extra stuff. Okay. When we're going to do that, we're going to talk about the cards we want to add and the cards to take out. But uh, first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a message from our sponsors. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, 
Whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. All right, we are back and we are talking lands with the Lands Wrath deck featuring Obun, Moldaya Ancestor. And it's time for the exciting part of the episode, which is what cards are we going to add to the deck and which ones are we going to take out? Like we just said before the break, we want to focus in on the sort of the strategy of the deck here and and get it a little more refined. And so you can take it to a table, play with some friends. And of course, $25 is the total budget around that for this exercise. And those prices too will vary based on, you know, many things happen in the magic world. And we can't always predict that the card prices we put down now is what's going to be even a week later. Yeah, it's, it's around $25 for right now when we're doing this exercise. No yep. promises past that. No promises. Um, yeah. So we're, well, I think we've never said this before, but I would guess that this deck's somewhere in the four, four point five range okay. out of the box, pretty low on our power level. Yeah, and we're hoping to get it into the six or six and a half range with these ten cards. Probably not six and a half. Probably six with ten cards. Right? Yeah. Ten cards is not that many cards, and it's cheap. But to be able to bump it that amount, you can play with the sevens or so when you're a six for sure. And yeah. you always have politics on your side as well. Okay, so cards to add. Here we go. First is the two CMC ramp category. Now, Obun is four mana, which means if I ramp on turn two, I Mm -hmm. will now have four mana on turn three. Very important to get Obun out as early as possible because landfall is each turn for sure without any other effects. And so you just want to get that going as fast as you can, get Obun's power up with those one-one counters so that the the lands you turn into creatures are bigger. So I think it's really important, and there's not very much two CMC ramp in the deck, really like Arcane Signet. Yeah. Which I'd, in a deck like this isn't even necessary because you are have so much other ramp and you want lands. I, but I wouldn't say take it out because I want to cast Obun on turn three. It's actually a little worrying that they didn't put some of the cards we're about to recommend in the deck considering they're just such slam dunk easy fits. Yeah. Well, okay, let's talk about the cards. Listen, we're going to name like four or five if if you don't have to put all of them in, you know, just as many as you can, two or three is probably going to help the deck quite a bit. Yep. The first is Rampant Growth, just a classic one in a green. Search your library for a basic land, put it onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle your library. And because Obun only has one mana of the four, that's a generic mana cost, you want to be able to fix your colors as well. Yep. Um, I don't think we have to read the specifics on the rest. Yeah. They all can get a land into play, and they have varying costs. So Farseek, Sakura Tribe Elder... Nature's Lore, and Knight of the White Orchid, which Knight of the White Orchid is a little bit iffy because it says when it... it's Sorry, it's white-white for a 2-2 with first strike, but when it enters the battlefield, if an opponent controls more lands than you, unlikely to happen in this deck past turn four or something, Yeah, right? no way. Because you're going to have cheated more lands in play. But if they do, you may search your library for a planes card, put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. Here's the thing. I think it's so important to be able to play a boon on turn four that I would run Knight of the White Orchid because... On turn two, I'm unlikely to. Ha- I'm likely to have an opponent that has more lands than me. On turn right. six, I'm not. Because, no way. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It is a little tougher too because the white white mana cost. Yeah. So, but especially if you start adding in cards that tend more towards white, then that'll be really easy to hit. Okay. So a few of the two CMC ramp. Um, the next category is more landfall. Yeah. In a deck like this, you could never have too many landfall triggers. Yeah, and anytime you can get value off of it, again, being in red, green, and white means you don't have access to great card draw. You got some, so you're going to want to get some cards that just have value printed all over them. And this is an amazing card. I think it's super underrated every time I see it. It just does so much work. It's Tireless Tracker. Mm-hmm. Yay, it's a human scout uh, ready to investigate. It's sort of got like old landfall on it where it doesn't say landfall, but it says whenever land enters the battlefield under your control, investigate, which means you get a colorless clue artifact token. You can pay two and sack that artifact to draw a card. And then whenever you sack a clue, you get to put a wah, gasp, plus one, plus one counter on tireless tracker. 
So that's like multiple. Plus synergies. one plus one counters matter for a lot of the cards in the deck. And you just want to draw cards off of landfall triggers, and this is a really great way to do it. Yeah, yeah you're going to get a bunch of artifacts off of this card. And something to note, I like how you said this doesn't say landfall, but it starts with the same text that landfall <laughs> does. Yeah. Because in some set, like you can't just go on gather or type in landfall and pull up all the cards that have landfall. Because in some sets, they didn't have that keyword as like, a part of the main set, yeah. But they still wanted to have what would normally be a landfall trigger, so you kind of need to type in whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control mm-hmm. into Gatherer to find all these type of cards. That's a that's a nice little oh, tip. interesting. Yeah, I like that. Uh, this next one's a card that's being reprinted in Zendikar Rising, and we know about it, and therefore it dropped the price of it so that it could now be included within our budget range, which is great because this card's insane. You saw Jesper Icing use it in a recent episode of Extra Turns to great effect. It's Lotus Cobra. One in a green for a 2-1 snake. Landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, add one mana of any color. Wow. This is, like, it doesn't sound like much. Yeah, right? it seems like, oh, it's only I'll that get, turn. I get one extra mana. I don't know if that's worth it. It's the creature slot. Eh. One extra mana per turn, first of all, is a lot. That's like a mana rock, right? Mm-hmm. But fetch land. Now it's two extra mana in the turn. Yeah. But you play a card that lets you put an extra land into play. You have Mina and Den out. All of a sudden, Lotus Cobra is giving you two, three, four extra mana in a turn. That's an entire turn that it just gave you worth of mana. Yeah, and this also means that if you have this by turn three, you will be able to play Obun again because you play a land as your fourth land for turn, or third land for turn, and then yeah. boom, you get that extra mana. This also makes cards like Terramorphic Expanse really good because when you play it and fetch it, you're getting two mana off it even though that land enters the battlefield tapped. If it was untapped, yeah, you could tap it for one more then, but Lotus Cobra just makes sure that you always get value and you're always able to play on curve and competitively too yeah and we're seeing this at about six dollars right now because of the reprint announcement i would say like regardless of whether you're building this deck or not pick up a lotus cobra or two because that card's going to climb back up it was in the 20s for a while yeah so and it's great in commander too every time i see it i'm just like wow doing work all right now let's talk about the next category which i'm calling land advantage Ooh, (laughs) this is like there is an advantage to be had where your deck strategy revolves around lands Mm -hmm. because it's just a permanent type that um there's a lot of cards that wouldn't be good in most decks because most decks are using lands just to tap them for mana once in a while yeah Uh, i like this card a lot it's called terra eternal especially in a deck like this two in the white for an enchantment all lands have indestructible. So this is a symmetrical effect. Everyone's lands are affected, but it doesn't really matter for your opponent's lands. No one really runs that much land destruction um, outside of like the, your strip mines. But in your deck, this means all your creatures that become lands are now indestructible, and they have trample and haste because of Oboom when they become creatures. So you just get these menaces on the board that can swing in for a ton of damage, and people are very hard-pressed to block it. Yeah, that's one of the great things. Even if they can maybe trade or use it, you know, a, a spell that destroys... Right. Um, Could you imagine having to path a land? Yeah. Like, that would feel so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it is like pretty dangerous to turn your lands into creatures because of somebody wraths or things like that. Now, obviously, you're doing one at a time with Oboon, but there are other effects in the deck right, that turn right. more of your lands into that. But this makes that a lot more safe where somebody can't just completely blow you out. Uh, Thank goodness. Yeah. The next one is Tomic, Distinguished Advocist, White White for a 2-3 flyer. Human Advisor, Legendary Creature. Lands on the battlefield and land cards in graveyards can't be the targets of spells or abilities your opponents control. So they can't target your lands anymore. Actually, they can't target each other's lands. Yeah, it's funny. And then it says your opponents can't play land cards from graveyards. Just incidental gravy there that they can't, like Crucible of Worlds and that kind of thing. But the fact that like your lands kind of get hexproof... Right. is another way to sort of protect uh, what will end up being a large um, segment of your creature base. And this card's only two mana. Yeah. I love low efficiency, easy to cast cards because they're just going to make a much bigger impact across the game. Uh, next up, one of our favorite board wipes, Tragic Arrogance. Three white white for a sorcery. For each player you choose from among the permanents, that player controls an artifact, a creature, an enchantment, and a planeswalker. Then each player sacrifices all other non-land permanents they control. This card's so underrated. Yeah, it's every nice. time it gets cast, you're like, oh, it's such a blowout because you choose. Yeah, they they choose. Well, I say they because it's been recently cast against me. <laughs> but you choose the worst things your opponents have and the best things you have. Yep, and that's what people keep. And the fact that your lands aren't a thing that gets chosen and lands are so core to your strategy means that you keep the bulk of what you've got and the more important parts of your deck too. Um, the the fun thing too is if they have an artifact creature, you can choose it twice. Yeah, that's so. your artifact. Oh, and that's also your creature. It's just like no. Uh. 
Oh, my 1-1 one, one Thopter. I thought it was so great. Now it's the worst card in my battlefield. <laughs> yeah, this card's really, really good. Um, and it's only two bucks, too. I, I think this is just one of those board wipes that you will always... You're always going to get a pretty good result when you cast it. Allows you to keep your commander, so you can cast this, right. keep your commander, boom, turn my land into a creature, and now everybody's at, at most only got one creature, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, my big uh, hasty trample. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then we're going to move into the last category here, which is finishers. Finish. I think both of these decks, the rogue deck and this deck, suffer from... They don't have a lot of ways to win the game in them. Yeah. So this is a, a category for both decks that I would concentrate on making sure, because that's like a rookie move, right? You build your whole deck and it's got a cool synergies, but oh yeah, how does it win? Can't, yeah, can't push through the last bits of damage here. Now this one has inherent ability to do that a little bit more because it's eventually creating really big lands with trample. Right. But still, um, let's talk about some finishers here. Again, I'm going to cheat a little and there's three cards that are very similar Mm, interesting. So there's Sylvan Awakening, Natural Affinity, and Rude Awakening. <laughs> and they, awakenings here. <laughs> yeah, and uh, they all do the same thing in sort of different manners, but basically they say all lands you control, or all, in one case all lands, right. uh, become 2-2 two, two creatures that are still lands. So you turn... you you spend a lot of the game putting a bunch of extra lands into play so you've got more lands than everybody. Then you turn them all into creatures and presumably swing. Root Awakening is probably the best of the bunch because you can entwine it and untap all lands you control. Now that costs eight mana to do it, but you wouldn't do this if you don't have a ton of mana because if you've only got four lands, you don't really care if they're all tutus. They don't do much. Yeah. And even if you have like 10 mana, then you actually come up, you know, right? You only, yeah. You actually you get, get some mana. The two. And there's going to be a lot of cases where this deck has just the most lands in play by far. Yeah. And then Obun also could turn one of those into a elemental creature and, you know, still make mm-hmm. it big. So you, this is your alpha strike mode with one of these cards. I would put like one, probably Root Awakening, although it is the most expensive of the bunch at $1. Um, <laughs> oh, big budget. Yeah, but I, I just wanted to give all, all three options there. And yeah. then, you know, given that there's a bunch of token creators in the deck, we may be trying to win by turning all our lands into creatures. I think you probably want to add one or two more ways to sort of mass pump your team. So you can, again, Alpha Strike. Yep. Uh, one of them is Unbreakable Formation, which is a blowout and limited. Two in the white, creatures you control gain indestructible until end of turn. It's an instant, by the way. And Addendum, if you cast a spell during your main phase, put a plus one, plus one counter on each of those creatures, and they gain Vigilance until end of turn. Ooh, so lands with Vigilance are amazing, because now you swing out, maybe kill a player, and then tap your lands to cast another big thing, or whatever it is from your hand, two cards from your hand. And again, you're liable to have tokens from Omnath, tokens from the uh, Amiri Angel, tokens from things like Rampaging Bayloths laying around, and so also, we know, plus one, plus one counters is part of the deck, so... That part is also relevant. Yeah, good card. I like that. This next one's interesting. Um, Beastmaster Ascension, obviously a card that's played quite a bit. It's it's around $5, one of the more expensive cards that we're recommending here. But it, it interacts with Obun in an interesting way. So it's two and a green for an enchantment. Whenever a creature you control attacks, you put a quest counter on it. And then as long as Beastmaster Ascension has seven or more counters, creatures you control get plus five, plus five. Nice. So the interesting thing is if you can ever get the seven counters on Beastmaster Ascension, tends not to be super difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, Obun gets plus five, plus five. Then oh, right. he makes a land that's five power more than he would have made. And then that land gets plus five, plus five. So it could be a 13, 13. Just very. as eight, eight. Wow. And that's if Obun has no counters on it. Right. And you don't have any of these other effects. Uh, so that can get out of control pretty quickly. So that's the reason I like Beastmaster Ascension. Also, it's tr- way cheaper than Craterhoof and Triumph of the Hordes. So. <laughs> <laughs> don't play Triumph of the Hordes, though. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you even say that, Josh? <laughs> I mean, it would be one of the options, you got to admit. Yeah, it's true. It definitely is. If you wanted to go to the dock side, the Craig side. <laughs> the Craig side, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right. Now that we've talked about cards to put in, let's talk about the cards in the deck that we would recommend taking out. And Josh actually put down 13 cards here so that you can bring your land count up to 40. Josh, how generous of you. Yeah, yeah. So 10 <laughs> for the cards we said to add, and then three more for adding lands and you could just add basics but we're going to recommend some lands at the very end but just get that land count up to 40 i I think any lands matter deck you want at least 40 lands i wouldn't even mind going closer to 45 honestly yeah you want to hit a land every single turn it's not a bad thing in a deck like this yeah all right the first one is treacherous terrain this is six 
red, green for a sorcery. Treacherous terrain deals damage to each opponent equal to the number of lands that player controls. It has basic land cycling for two. You can discard this card, search your library for a basic land card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. That so, part's better than the other part. <laughs> I mean, this is just a bad card. Eight mana for what? Deal... 10 7 8 9 damage to each yeah. opponent is just not worth it and then you don't care about the basic land cycling this again this deck's gonna have 40 lands in it and it's a three color deck if this was a and there's 17 deck, or 15 ways to find lands other yeah, ways yeah, yeah yeah if this was a five color deck basic land cycling has a bit of a higher upside but in this case yeah this is just an overcosted card you don't need it yeah. The next is Sylvan Advocate, which is a one in a green, two, three Vigilance Elf Druid ally. And as long as you control six or more lands, Sylvan Advocate and land creatures you can control get plus two, plus two. It gives land creatures you control plus two, plus two. I get it. But it's just too low impact, I think, for a two drop slot. I want to be rampant growthing on that turn. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Would you rather rampant growth or play a creature on turn two? Yeah, I, I mean... I want a Ramble Growth Lotus Cobra, something that's going to move me into the game. And then it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's a 4-5, and it gives plus 2, plus 2. If it gave yeah. Ubuntu plus 2, plus 2, that'd be a little bit better. Yeah, and Ubuntu, again, it only makes one creature per yeah. land that enters the battlefield. Or actually, no, it only makes one land because it's not about landfall. It only makes one land creature per turn. So it's not like you want land creatures, right? If this was all about, like, make every land a creature, then this deck would have, this card would be a little more powerful, but it's not. Yeah, there's only a couple cards in the deck that, other cards in the deck that make lands into creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, the next one is Spore Mound, three green green for a 3-3 fungus landfall whenever a land enters battlefield under your control create a 1-1 green sapling creature token it's just too much mana for that yeah effect. it's yeah. cute but it ain't no uh Amiria angel no that's for sure exactly. <laughs> 1-1 flyers and it's on a four four CMT mana card creature. yeah next is Seder wayfinder one in green when it enters the battlefield reveal the top four cards over your library you may put a land card from among them into your hand and the rest into your graveyard yeah not so great there's just not very many ways to play with your graveyard in this deck. I think this Seder Wayfinder is very good in a lot of decks. This also, just play Steve instead. Yeah. Secure Tribe Elder is much better at that two-drop slot. Yeah, because it puts the land into play. Seder Wayfinder is into your hand. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the next one is Yavimaya Elder, one green green for a 2-1 human druid. When it dies, you may search your library for up to two basic land cards, reveal them, put them into your hand, then shuffle your library. And you can pay two and sacrifice the Avi Elder and draw a card. I used to love this card, but yeah. it's just not that great. Yeah, because nothing goes it. into the battlefield. It's all This is a card draw card. This is not a ramp card. And it's five mana for three cards. Yeah. Just Harmonize is already in the deck. That's four mana for three cards. There's just more efficient ways to draw cards than this. Not to mention, you are going to have, again, you're going to have a lot of lands in the deck. You'll be drawing them anyway. You don't need Yavimai Elder to help you out in that regard. This next one's interesting because it looks good, but having played it and tried it out multiple times, I'm going to tell you it's bad. All right. Seer's Sundial, four mana for an artifact landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you may pay two if you do draw a card. Is two mana just too much? Two mana is too much. I think if it created a clue or something where... Oh, interesting. But the fact that when the landfall happens at that moment, I have to pay the two makes it a lot harder to use. Mm -hmm. So you just end up... And also think of the, the rate here, right? Six mana for one card, eight mana for two cards... 10, 10 mana for three, three cards. cards. At what point are you happy? This is just not efficient enough. Yeah, actually, I don't think you're ever happy. No. because Maybe at 100 cards you're happy, but then you <laughs> lost because you milled yourself out. Yeah, good job. <laughs> uh, the next one is Living Twister, red, red, and green. So three mana for a 2-5 elemental. You pay one in red to discard a land card. Living Twister deals two damage to any target. And you pay a green, return a tapped land you control to its owner's hand. It's just too low impact, right? Two damage is not enough. You don't really want to be discarding your lands generally. Yeah. And then, yes, it is nice to be able to bounce a land back to your hand to play it and get landfall. But I want that on a card that is also doing other things that I want to do. This is just not... It's, it just You'd ends up not much rather it. have something that fetches because you can yeah. play it and it'll get another land on the battlefield that turn. Um, the next is Tuskard Captain. Two and a green for a two, three with Outlast. You can pay a green to tap it. And put a plus one, plus one counter on it, and you can only do that as a sorcery. And then each creature you control with a plus one, plus one counter on it has trample. Oh, it's a plus one, plus one counters matters card, but it's way too low impact. Yeah, and Obun's already giving trample to your land. Yeah, right. So you already have the ability to, to have a big trampley creature. And yeah, there's these dream scenarios where I have a bunch of creatures with one-on-one counters and they all have trample. Mm-hmm. Generally, if you have a bunch of creatures and they all have one-on-one counters, the trample's not as important because people don't have a bunch of blockers. Right. Right? So I just think Tuskard Captain is just, yeah, it's it's a good limited card. It's not a good commander card generally. Yep. Uh, next one's Elite Scale Guard, four and a white for a two, three human soldier. When it enters the battlefield, you bolster two, which means you choose a creature with the least toughness among creatures you control and put two 1-1 counters on it. And then whenever a creature you control with a 1-1 counter on an attacks, you tap target to creature defending player controls. 
Here's the thing. The bolster, rarely going to be able to put those counters onto Obun, which is where you would want to put them. Right. Uh, so then it's just like, oh, maybe Elite Scale Guard's a 4-5. And yeah, you can tap down creatures as you attack, but again, your creatures are going to be bigger and not super worried about getting blocked. Uh, this is just too much at 5 mana. Yep. That card was nuts and limited, though. Holy moly. Uh, the next is Abundance. We talked about this card earlier. It's this weird uh, four mana. Instead of drawing a card, you can choose land or non-land, reveal it until you find that card of your type, and then you draw it. Uh, and then you basically can sort of customize what cards go into your hand, whether it's a land or a non-land. Um, the next one is Multani, Yavamaya's Avatar. This is going to shock some people. It's four green, green for... Oh, uh, yes. Reach trample zero zero gets plus one plus one for each land in your graveyard and on the battlefield, and then you can pay one in a green and return two lands you control to their hand to your hand and uh, return Multani from your graveyard to your hand. Again, six mana, just a big kind of dumb beater. Yes, it has reach and trample. I just think we can do better than what Multani's giving you because we already are getting big creatures because of our commander right. with trample. Embodiment of Insight is the final card for any green creature elemental 4-4. Vigilance and land creatures you control have Vigilance and has landfall whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control. You may have target land you control becoming 3-3 elemental creature with haste until end of turn. It's still a land. Why don't we like this one? Because, again, turning my lands into like 3-3s is not super helpful, right? I don't know why I said again. We didn't say that before. (laughs) I don't think that's going to be great later in the game for a 5-mana card. Right. So I think like... Obun's going to make them into huge creatures. Embodiment of Insight's going to make them into sort of little, medium creatures. And you're not trying to swarm, right? We've decided yeah. that that's not one of the main strategies of the deck either. And five mana is just so much. I just don't like five CMC cards that aren't like really, really good. And the Vigilance, like you said, it's good on lands, but it's just not It's just not worth as much as like Trample or something, which we already get. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, we got to make cuts, right? I'm not saying that card's horrible in the deck or embarrassing. I just think yeah, if we you can like find it, better. It's okay. You can keep it in there. There's actually one more, but uh, we skipped it because we talked about in the earlier section it's oh, right. rights of flourishing so two and a green for the enchantments at the beginning of each player's draw step that player draws an additional card and then each player may play an additional land on each of their turns here's why i don't like this card in this deck first of all like you said earlier jimmy you're playing a card you're using one of your resources on rights of flourishing and everybody's drawing extra cards off of it so you're always down one card overall mm-hmm. no matter how many cards you get drawn out off of it uh in the long run i also think like think of this math if everybody else is playing one land per turn, but I'm playing two, I'm playing twice as many lands as any given player. Nice. If everybody's playing two lands per turn, but I'm playing three, I'm now only playing fi- playing 50% more lands. So I think actually giving your opponents the ability to hit at your land drops, it diminishes the advantage you're getting from a lot of your cards allowing you to I play see. at your lands. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So I'm already playing at your lands with a bunch of my cards. I don't need to give my opponents a way to catch up. And that's also if I become the arch enemy, that's three land drops I'm giving them versus right yeah because so, they're playing yeah if you are the board the the most powerful they're going to team up and then boom that effect all of a sudden gets really and three lands and three cards yeah so i don't, I don't like cards like right like like rights of flourishing that much unless uh, you're playing a group hug deck or whatever then yeah. it can be a lot more fun okay so that would those were the cards to take out and then we're going to go to a couple of sections here that i just want to talk about really quick so add more lands that fetch if you can um, again, we made spot. We made room for three more lands in this deck. Um, the two that I would most recommend are the slow fetches. So these are from what is this Mirage? Yeah, they're old school. Uh, they're basically fetch lands that come into play tapped, like Mountain Valley, and then you can tap Mountain Valley or sacrifice it and search your library for a mountain or forest card, put it on the battlefield, and shuffle your library. So the turn you play it, you can't use it. However, it does act almost completely functionally like a fetch land after that. Yeah, it's basically a Wooded Foothills after it untaps. Mm-hmm. It's just a Wooded Foothills that comes into play tapped. Yep. Uh, actually, it's better because you don't lose the life. Right. Uh, there's Grasslands, which is the Celestia one. So those are two. They're not amazing, but the fact that you want double landfall triggers on so many cards, I think makes them good enough in this deck that I think yep. they're... And you don't have a lot of lands that come into play tapped in this deck. There's a few. So I think you can afford two. Well, if you're playing extra lands as well, like you're going to be up on mana, you may be totally fine putting a land that comes into play tapped because you get the landfall trigger, and that is honestly the most important part of the deck. Uh, And then Fabled Passage. Now, this is not a cheap card. It's about $6, but that's sort of the next best, cheapest fetch land that that might fit in our budget range. So this one, uh, what was it, Eldraine? Yeah. It's Uh, been reprinted a couple times since, I think. So it's a land, you sacrifice it, you search your library for a basic land card, put it onto the battlefield, tapped, and then shuffle your library. Then if you control four more lands, you untap that land. So 
you're obviously going to play this after you've already got four lands out and it's your fifth and then this is an untapped fetch land for basic land oh sorry it's your fourth land and then yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh that's why it's six dollars though because it's pretty good pretty darn good and then if you do all that then i think you should probably play ram excavator which is two and a green for a two three you may play land cards from your graveyard thanks creature because at that point you'll have nine fetch or sorry lands that fetch in mm-hmm. the deck in that case you're likely to have one of those and if with random excavator if you at least have one fetch land in your graveyard now you're guaranteed to be able to play that thing every turn yep. okay uh and finally an honorable mentions category because i got talked out of putting this into the main category so <laughs> i was showing this <laughs> to talk to you out murph oh murph thanks murph so the honorable I appreciate men- you buddy <laughs> the honorable mentions category is i'm calling it artist stacks so here's what I noticed when I was looking through the deck after making the changes was that there are only four artifacts in the entire deck. Ah, interesting. So in because we're... Our ramp is, our ramp is sorceries all, and yeah, fetch lands. So to me, I was like, okay, well, if I have a deck that only has four artifacts in it, then I can run artifact hate because it's just not going to hurt me. What and a so many decks out there rely on their artifacts to keep up with what I'm doing, right? They're yep. going to play lots of mana rocks and things like that. So I would play things like Kataki's War Mage, which is one in a white for a 2-1 spirit, but it says all artifacts have at the beginning of your upkeep sacrifice this artifact unless you pay one. Rough. It gets rougher. Stony Silence, Melissa's a Torah favorite. One in a white for an enchantment. Activated abilities of artifacts can't be activated. Yep. Again, you only have Arcane Signet and Soul Ring, it seems like, in this text. So that's pretty good. Yep. And then finally, Collector... How do you say that? Oofy. Oofy. I don't know. <laughs> one in a green for a 2-2. Activated abilities of artifacts can't be activated. Yeah, so these are kind of hate bear e, but the main thing is you're putting stacks card against artifacts. You are the lands matter decks, not the artifacts matter decks. You go up against, I mean, geez, any mono red deck, a Brea deck, any of those artifacts mono matters. Blue decks. Yeah, they are going to get hosed by these cards. And honestly, I I kind of like them in here because this deck isn't massively powerful, right? At the end of it, it's still a six. So yeah, so maybe you can sort of nerf those sevens yeah. and eights that are relying on artifacts. And boy, you're going to get so much value off of playing a single Stony Silence in a game like in Commander. Like, you'll be amazed at just how many people go, oh, no. Yeah, oh, <laughs> crap. None of my stuff works. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to be clear. Uh, I don't actually think that most of these are stacks cards, but it was fun yeah, to, to call the section artifacts. artifacts. Yeah, they are. They're, um, they're hate bears. Hate bears, yeah. I mean, yeah, okay. Well, it's like it's like wearing one of those weighted vests when you train. It's yeah. just going to hold you down a little bit more. You can't do a pull-up as well. <laughs> All right, to the listeners, what do you think about this Naya Landfall Lands Wrath deck? Are there any cards that you think are like must-includes um, that are in our budget range? Mm-hmm. Don't forget that part that we didn't talk about. Uh, I think Xenagos is a card I really wish, but it's $26 yeah. all by itself. <laughs> double Ogun's <laughs> power, then create a double large land that you then... Yeah, yeah. smack, smack. Yeah, yeah, that's actually pretty sweet. Um, yeah, so we'd like to hear from you what your recommendations would be for this deck out there. And then if you're going to order this deck, go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone, pre-order one of the decks, both of the decks, Zendikar Rising, Booster mm-hmm. Box, Collectors, Boosters, whatever else. They've got like 27 different kinds of booster packs now. I don't know what's in any given one. You should probably just get all of them. I just like how they call it booster fun, but to me it's like booster headache. Yeah. I can't keep track of them booster all. Booster confusion. <laughs> they must have some kind of research that's telling them like confusing our consumer is good for us, right? Yeah, because when you walk, I mean, I can just I see myself, when I first went into Magic, I'd walk into a store and be like, I don't know what to buy. And be like, that looks fun. It says collectors on it. Wait, I have no idea what you that know, is. Like, Even yeah. as a seasoned player, I have literally no idea what comes in half of those boosters. Like, <laughs> can I get a showcase art, borderless, whatever, out of that pack? No clue. Is it different than an extended frame, full art? Uh, hall, I don't know. There's so many names yeah, here. That I just, I can't keep, I can't even, when I go and look stuff up, I'm like, oh, I want to see what all the cool cards are from this set. I'm like, I don't know what to put in. <laughs> um, and of course, if you're not buying the sealed product, if you're international, get a single Trove Warden. This card's going to be really sweet, yeah. I think, especially in the decks that can abuse it the most. With um, lens and stuff? Yeah, and also just in like any deck that runes a, uh, uh, um, a t- Sun Titan. Yep. Trove Warren seems like it fits well there. All right. And then if you do find yourself uh, in possession of a borderless full art showcase, <laughs> non-foil box embossed topper. box topper, <laughs> that's probably going to be worth a little bit of money and you want to keep it safe. So make sure you use Ultra Pro products to protect all of your game pieces. They have the new Pro Gloss Eclipse sleeves, which mean that your foils are now going to be just as vibrant as if they're not in a sleeve. This is kind of a game changer, I know, for a lot of people because Eclipse sleeves 
are the best shuffle feel on the market by far. They last forever. I now have decks that have been in uh, Eclipse. They're the apocalypse. Yeah, for multiple years, and they're none have ripped, uh, and they keep your cards super, super safe. Not just that, but Ultra Pro comes out with all kinds of other cool products. They are our go-to for printing our Epic Play Playmats. Uh, links in the kick links to the Kickstarter are in the show notes. Go click on that right now. And they have that mythic collection as well for those deck boxes. They look so nice. They're, they they fit the magnets and they got that embossed planeswalker logo. Oh yeah, the stitched uh, planeswalker yeah, logo. Looks really Super nice. classy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, no end step on this episode because these are bonus episodes. Uh, but do look forward to the Demir Rogue Tribal Upgrade Guide, which will be coming out. I'm not sure the date soon. Very soon. And if you want to find out more about that deck, we actually did the deck reveal as well, which will be on the channel. Okay. Big shout out to our editing, graphics, and logistics team. Craig Blanchett, Ashlyn Rose, Lady Danger, Manson Long, Alfred DeSaka, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss, Patrick and Sam Waldo. Woo! Woo! So long listen, I gotta add one. I want to shout out Sean Tabaris. Oh, yeah. Uh, from the Commander's Brew, who we've actually been enlisting his help to write the scripts for our ads. Yeah. So if you notice, we're doing funny little skits for some of our ad stuff, and Sean's been doing a really good job keeping those funny and making them magic-related. Yeah, and we appreciate the comments about that as well. Yeah. All right, uh, special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer for the living card animations that begin uh, every episode of the podcast and also live behind us. We're here on Zendikar yep. uh, on set. So you can find Jeffrey at Living Cards MTG on Twitter. Okay. Demir's up next, but this episode's over. So we'll see you next time. Peace. <laughs> For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> <laughs>